0: Let's look in our Bibles to the book of Genesis, to chapter 12, the book of Genesis, and in chapter 12, and here we'll read verse 1 through verse verse 20, the entirety of this chapter. Let's have a word of prayer to begin. Our Father, thank you again for your blessings. We're thankful that you watch over us care for us, you love us with an everlasting love, we're thankful there's nothing in this world or anywhere that can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. We ask you to help us as we look into your word, we pray that you would give us understanding and teach us, we'll know more of the things of our God. Thank you again for our Savior, our Redeemer. We're so thankful for Jesus. We're thankful we can claim him as our own. We know that we are his, and we're thankful for that, and we pray in his name. Amen. I want to look this evening on just a brief study on Abraham very important teaching in the Word of God concerning Abraham. We'll read Genesis in chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land, unto the place of Secum, unto the, the plain of Morah, and the, and the Canaanite was in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, "Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there built it he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass when he was come here to enter into Egypt that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass when the Egyptians shall see thee that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was come into Egypt, the Egyptian beheld the woman that she was very fair, and the princes also of pharaoh, saw her, and commended her before Pharaoh. The woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants, maid servants and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues, Because of Sarai, Abram's wife. and Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why saidest thou, She is my sister, so I might have taken her to me to wife? Now therefore behold thy wife, take her and go thy way. Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away, and his wife, and all that he had. As you know, the book of Genesis is the beginning. The word Genesis means beginning, and within the book of Genesis, there are many beginnings that we find there. There are certainly many first things, But basically, the book of Genesis is divided into three different sections of beginnings. The first, of course, is the beginning of the heavens and the earth, along with the human race, the animal life, and all of that. Then there was another new beginning when Noah and his family came out of the ark. And then there is the beginning of the nation of Israel. Those are three basic first and beginnings that you find in the book of Genesis. We are dealing with Abraham, and I think I've mentioned this to you before, that 39 chapters out of the book of Genesis are devoted to Abraham and the generation of, that would follow him. Three-fourths of the book of Genesis has to do with Abraham and his descendants. So it must be very important for this much to be devoted to Abraham. Hold your place here, and I'm going to go all the way over to the book of James in chapter 2. The book of James, and in chapter 2, we find something interesting about this man, Abraham. In the book of James, and in chapter 2, and I'll read verse 23. James 2, and in verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. What a wonderful thing to be known as the friend of God. You'll notice it says he was called the friend of God. Now go back all the way in the Old Testament to the book of Second Chronicles. The book of, of Second Chronicles, there's an important statement here about Abraham, and keeping in mind that he was called the friend of God. In the book of Second Chronicles and in chapter 20. Second Chronicles and in chapter 20 and in verse seven. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 7, Art not thou our God, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before the people of Israel, and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? One more place, if you look in the book of Isaiah, and in chapter 41, Isaiah and in chapter 41, and here I'll read verse 8. But thou, Israel, art my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the seed of Abraham, my friend. A friend of God someone whom God said, this is my friend. That's an amazing thing. There's something very unusual about this man, Abraham. We know Paul wrote in Romans chapter 4 and in verse 11 that Abraham is the father of all who believe. That includes you and I. He is our spiritual father concerning faith. And we know that according to the flesh, Christ came through the lineage of Abraham. From Abraham would come the nation of Israel. Again, it is a a beginning here. And it's interesting to me that Jews, Muslims, and Christians alike all claim a relationship to this one man, Abraham. You remember the Jews said over and over, we have Abraham as our father. Well, Christians claim a relationship to Abraham also, and knowing something about this man's life, I think, is important. I go back to our text in Genesis, and in chapter 12, Genesis, and in chapter 12, You'll note that it says the Lord had said unto Abram, Jehovah God did speak unto Abram, but we know by studying other portions of Scripture, he did more than speak unto Abraham. And we'll be coming back and forth to Genesis in chapter 12, but now I'm going to the book of Acts to chapter 7. And you might hold this place because I'll be coming back here uh, a few times in this study. In Acts in chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 2 and verse 3. And he said, Men and brethren, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. And notice this. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran. That word has a C on it, but it's the same word that you read of in in Genesis The God of glory appeared unto him, verse 3, and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. Now we have here the God of glory. This is a name or we could say a title for Jehovah God. It's only used twice in the Bible. You find the, the phrase God of glory here. It's also in Psalm chapter 29 and in verse 3. But you'll notice in this reading in verse 2, the God of glory appeared unto to Abraham. And notice when this was. When the God of glory appeared unto him. It was when he was in Mesopotamia, that's when it was. Now, if you hold your place here, I'm going to come back to Acts several times. I'm going now to the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua, and in chapter 24, Joshua chapter 24, beginning in verse 1, And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem, and called for the elders of Israel, and for their heads, and for their judges, and for their officers. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. And I took your father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his seed, and and gave him Isaac. Now, notice in verse 2, concerning Abraham's father, and this is all of those of that family, it says in verse 2 that they served other gods. Now keep in mind the Lord of glory Jehovah God appeared unto Abraham while he was still in Mesopotamia and that's actually the Persian Gulf you hear about sometimes concerning the what goes on in the in the East but in Mesopotamia the family of Abraham his father and all of his family they served other gods. Therefore, it was when Abraham was in a state of idolatry that the God of glory appeared unto him, singled him out, and told him to get out of that land and go into a land that he would show him. Again, Acts 7 and in verse 2, the God of glory appeared. Don't find that very often. The God of glory, Jehovah God, appeared. It is an unusual thing, but it was when he was in Mesopotamia that the Lord of glory appeared unto him. Now, I'll mention this just to keep in mind. Before the flood, The sinfulness of man was great in the earth. After the flood, people became idolaters and served other gods. And Abraham's family was no exception to this. God acted in judgment in the flood when he destroyed the earth, all but eight people. Now he acts in grace with Abraham. We cannot help but see the sovereignty of God here in singling out Abraham. There was nothing good in him. He had no merit. He was worshiping other gods. But from this man, I'll say again, will come the nation of Israel. In our text, in Genesis in chapter 12 carries us all the way back when the Lord of glory, just sovereignly, no announcement, just appeared under this man in idolatry and told him to get out of that land and go into the land of Canaan. And again, it's just another picture of an election of grace choosing Abraham. And now I'm going back to Acts chapter 7 again and read verse 2 and verse 3 once again. Acts 7 and in verse 2, and, and he said, This is Stephen speaking, and he, he said, Men, brethren, and fathers, hearken, the God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said unto him, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred. Come into the land which I will show thee. Notice God's command. When the Lord of glory appeared unto him and in verse 3, said, get thee out, that was a command of God. He demanded complete separation from the land that he was in and from all of his family, all of his kin people. Well, what was the response of Abraham? Going back to Genesis again, In Genesis chapter 12 and in verse 1, once again you have the command of complete separation. But for Abraham's response, you look back to chapter 11 and verse 31 and verse 32. And Terah took Abraham his son and Lot Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son, Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from the Earl of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there in the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. You'll notice that Abraham's response to God's command was not very good. It was not complete obedience. Abraham did leave the earl of the Chaldees, but he left with his father and his nephew Lot. He only went a little ways. He did not completely go out. It was only after the death of his father that he left Haran and went into the land of Canaan. Back again to Acts chapter 7. Again, it's just amazing to me how you find different, different uh, points about this throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament. And you put them all together, you get a complete picture. In Acts chapter 7 and in verse 4, He came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein you now dwell. It was only after Abraham's father died that he dwelt into the land and Stephen said it's the land where you now live the land of Israel something interesting about this Abraham's father was named Terah that name by definition means delay delay for approximately five years Abraham delayed in going into the land and fully obeying the Lord. Abraham's obedience was not immediate, and it certainly was not perfect. But I'll point something else out. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews, and in chapter 11, And here I'll read verse 8, Hebrews 11 and verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whither he went. You'll notice when the apostle, I believe it's Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews, when he mentions Abraham here in this chapter of faith, there is no mention of the delay. There is no mention here of partial obedience. There's no mention of any of that. And it's a wonderful reminder, I think, it should be unto us, as I mentioned this Sunday in one of the messages, How God just blots out sins and remembers them no more. No mention here at all in Hebrews of Abraham's failures. Just the good things. Genesis 12 and in verse 1. You'll notice there are three commands. And there are also three promises here. Three commands. The Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house. Three commands unto a land that I will show thee. Notice three promises. Verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, And make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Verse 3, I've heard that verse used in politics many times. concerning Israel and people will say you must stand with Israel because God said I will bless those that, that bless and stand with Israel and I will curse them that do not. Well, the promise here is to Abraham. God's speaking here to Abraham. The Lord told Abraham I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that curses thee. But then a great part of this promise is the, the last words of verse 3. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And that is not because he is going to be the father of the nation of Israel. Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. Matthew and in chapter 1 and in in verse 1 the New Testament begins with these words the book of the generation of Jesus Christ the son of David the son of Abraham and in him all the nations of the earth shall be blessed now I got to go back to Genesis again, chapter twelve, and in verse four. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. But notice verse 5 and verse 6. And I'm not going to deal with every detail concerning this. But Abram took Sarai his wife and Lot his brother's son and all their substance they had gathered, the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim unto the plain of Morah and the Canaanite was in the land. They came into the land of Canaan in verse 5. Verse 6, they found no no place to settle down. They did not find a, a place to settle to make it their home. There was just no place there. Now, again, in Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7 once again, and in verse 2 through verse 5, Verse 4, they came out of the land of the Chaldeans, dwelt in, in Canaan, and from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye dwell, and he gave him none inheritance in it, no, not so much as to set his foot on. Yet he promised that he would give it to him for a possession and to his seed after him, as yet, he had no, no child. Abraham had to just keep moving. He had to just keep moving. But once he was in the land of Canaan, finally arriving there, back to Genesis chapter 12, and in verse 7, the Lord appeared unto Abraham again. Again, a theophany This called an appearance of God. And you'll notice that verse 7, that Abraham built an altar there under the Lord who had appeared unto him. A great change had taken place with Abraham. The beginning when the Lord spoke to him, He was an idolater. Now he builds an altar unto the Lord. And it's interesting as you you read this, there's several things to notice. Look at verse 8. He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Hai on the east, And there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. I mentioned the book of Genesis is the book of beginnings. Look back to chapter 4. In Genesis and in chapter 4, verse 25 and verse 26. And Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son, and called his name Seth. For God said, She hath appointed me another seed, instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name Enos. Notice the next phrase. Then began men to call upon the name Of the Lord. Again, an important time, another beginning in the book of Genesis. If you go back to chapter 12, you'll find a great failure on the part of Abraham. In verses 9 and verse 10 of Genesis, in chapter 12, Abraham was traveling. We No, in verse 9, he was going toward the south, and the famine was in the land. And it was a, a great famine and caused much trouble, but because of the famine, Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there because the famine was grievous in the land was a failure to go down into Egypt. By the way, mentioning beginnings, here's the first mention of Egypt in the Bible. But the famine seemed to be a test of Abraham's faith. You have a man here who had forsaken his home country and all that he had just based upon the word of God, yet he does not trust this same God in time of famine. He goes down into Egypt. Look in Isaiah chapter 31. Isaiah in chapter 31. Verse 1. Woe to them, Exactly what Abraham did. The famine came. He leaves the land of Canaan and he goes into Egypt. You remember there was corn in Egypt. Well, it was the wrong thing to do. And one sin usually leads unto another. And as we read, Abraham had Sarah to lie about who she was. Again, going down into Egypt was the first sin. And that just brought multiple sins. But the Lord intervened with Pharaoh, somehow let Pharaoh know that Sarah was Abraham's wife, and Pharaoh literally ran Abraham out of Egypt. He sent his soldiers, if you would, and told them get them out of here. I'm reminded of what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and in verse 13. If we we believe not, God remains faithful. That's exactly what happened. Genesis again. Again, I'm skipping over a lot, but just trying to get a picture of Abraham. Again, there's a lot here just to give thought to. Genesis, this time in chapter 13. And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had and lot with him, into the south. And Abram was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on his journey from the south, even unto Bethel, unto the place where his tent had been, at the beginning between Bethel and Hai, under the place of the altar which he has made there notice the word at the first verse 3 you have at the beginning verse 4 at the, the first and there Abram called on the name of the Lord Abraham being driven out of of Egypt, And again, if you want to read chapter 12, verse 20, seems to me he was run out of the country. They sent him away and all that he had. But he went back to where he had been at the beginning. Abraham returned to where and what he had left. And that time in Egypt was just wasted time. Wasted time. Verse 3, he returned to Bethel. You know, the word Bethel means the house of God. The house of God. He returned unto Bethel. I'm going to stop there, but just a reminder, there's still many of God's people that are wasting time in Egypt, and they need to return to Bethel.